this every weekend, and we're working out the kinks in it. But I'm David Van. I am the publisher of SoonerPolitics.org. Sooner Politics is a consortium of bloggers in Oklahoma who are concerned about political issues, different uh, political events, uh, causes, organizations, and uh, uh, particular uh, uh, particular concerns about where the direction of our state is going. Let's start out tonight. It is uh, December 9th and we're looking at a number of things going on next month. There's a lot of excitement. The elections are over. And uh, But first, I want to say this. For Triad Heat and Air, uh, Triad Heat and Air is serving the greater Tulsa area. Mom, if you've got dry air in your house, if you've got a furnace that just isn't cutting it, perhaps you've got ductwork that's leaking and you're not getting the best. If that furnace is running all day, you've got to wonder where that heat is going. It's time to put a stop to it. Be sure to call Triad Heat and Air. Uh, Triad Heat and Air has uh, been serving Tulsa area for quite some time now and we just really believe in what they're doing so I want to put my plug in for Ted and the team over at Triad Heat and Air. Let's move on. Alright, so we've got bills already being touted. Uh, different lawmakers, most of uh, them veterans, are already pitching a number of things that are going to go on here in uh, the new session. Let me tell you something. Our new session has a very unique situation going on. We've got money to burn. We've got probably about a billion dollars that we've collected in excess of what we need to run last year's budget. So what are they going to do? Don't count on it coming back to you and me. They're probably going to be finding a number of boondoggles, a number of special events, whether it's more pop culture museums, choo-choo trains going all over the state at taxpayers' expense. We've got one right now that goes down to Dallas. One trip a day, it costs us $30 for every ticket that's currently being sold for that. Now, mind you, we've got about a dozen buses Trailways Greyhound goes down there several times a day at for about half the price. But we got to have a choo-choo train. It goes into Oklahoma City and down to there. And the state is paying an awful lot of money. Millions is coming are coming out of our highway funds to uh, to subsidize it to keep the tracks up and going. So uh, that's just one example of a previous boondoggle. Once they get established, good luck trying to get rid of it. Uh, we decided to put some money into a Na uh, Native American museum. In other words, the tribes. Uh, and the legislature kept dumping millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars into it. Finally, it never got built by the state, uh, and finally we just dumped it. We got rid of it, but these are what I call boondoggles. Uh, a few years ago, we spent money for a pop culture museum. That's right, a museum not to study the, our past, our heritage, our history, but a museum to study our pop culture. It's a monument to us, and yet our legislature put millions of dollars into it. The museum's still not open, even though that's getting close to five years, or four years, 
since they put the money into that. So we've got a lot of things happening. You're going to have people presenting some really good bills. Some bills, uh, unfortunately, I hope don't make it to become a law. We've got people wanting, in fact, new legislators wanting to pass sales tax increases so that all services in the state are going to be subject to sales tax. That means your doctor bill is going to get hit with a sales tax. That means your next plumbing emergency, your next car repair, your next uh, legal services. If we apply a sales tax to every service provided, it's going to be a massive, massive increase. And they can do that with a mere 50% plus one vote out of each house of the legislature and a signature from our governor. So, in fact, let's move on to talk about the governor. But first this. I want to talk to you about those carpets. Yeah, look down. Look at your carpets. Now you got people coming over for the holidays. Are your carpets ready? Are you proud of them? If not, call CleanPro. CleanPro has been serving much of eastern Oklahoma. Uh, these are some fine folks. George Fott and his son Jameson operate CleanPro. Not only do they do carpet cleaning, they also do uh, disaster restoration, uh, plumbing leaks, damages, all kinds of storm repairs, damages. If your floors need to be maintained, CleanPro is who Eastern Oklahoma counts on. Be sure to give them a call. All right, let's move back. It has been eight years since we look forward to a new inauguration, new governor. Uh, last time we had a lot of hope. Mary Fallon went into office with a lot of confidence from the Republican Party. Unfortunately, the last eight years have seen a very, very disappointing slide perpetuating into a point where she became the biggest advocate for some of the largest tax increases, some of the largest government increases, the bureaucracy that she stacked up. It's really been disappointing. Kevin Stitt has come in with uh, the confidence and endorsement of a lot of stalwart conservative voices. Uh, Senator Tom Coburn uh, has endorsed him. Uh, a number of his former opponents in the very large Republican primary for governor have come on board to support him. We wish Kevin the best. I look forward to the best. In fact, I've reached out to his team to try to help out. Many of you know me as a mental health advocate in the state, and I've reached out to his wife, Sarah. Sarah has said that area of mental health reform is one of her areas of uh, great concern, and there's a number of us who want to help her with that. So uh, then there's uh, a number of things in criminal justice reform we've got to get taken care of. But again, Governor Fallon became more, less and less engaged and attached. All she wanted to do in the end was raise taxes and raise taxes and raise taxes. So it's time for a change. We're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to the opportunity that is the Kevin Stitt campaign, uh, Kevin Stitt administration. All right, let's move on. We've got uh, a number of things happening right now, this week in Oklahoma. 
Uh, I published it just the other day in SoonerPolitics.org. 743 medical marijuana cannabis medicine dispensaries are now fully licensed and authorized to operate. The first crops are coming in this month. I took a tour on Wednesday to one of the most advanced and largest uh, facilities in the state, Sage Farms in southern Tulsa County. I was amazed. I was amazed at the technology. I was amazed at uh, the conservative, fiscally conservative uh, way in which uh, a number of people are looking at this. Uh, we want to see it done right. I'm seeing a lot of liberty principles applied to this. I don't want to see cannabis medicines become another part of our Medicaid boondoggle. The fact that patients can grow their own, with limits of course, a personal uh, medical supply, is to me one of the better parts of this. Well anyway, the first crops are coming to harvest. 743 dispensaries are now licensed in the state. In fact, we're getting ready, I was working today on a map that's going to show you all the different uh, dispensaries. Just about every county in the state has at least one. In some areas like Oklahoma City Metro, just in the city limits, there's about 180 licensed. That doesn't mean they're all opened but it means that they went ahead and got authorized for a license. So that's starting in earnest. Uh, a number of us are looking forward to what it can do for the veterans with PTSD. Uh, we're hearing great things on that. Uh, those in chemotherapy treatment, uh, advanced stage cancer, who can't eat, can't hold anything down because of the nausea, we're looking forward to better things for them, a chance to maintain their strength, fight the cancer, and actually overcome it. We're looking at people with severe pain management, especially with the opiate crisis that we're now facing. As, uh, as we're forcing people off of opiate medications, as people have overused opiate medications to the point that they're no longer effective, it's good to see the, another safer medication that is allowing people with chronic arthritis pain to actually get a chance to get restful sleep at night. Uh, Pat Campbell of KRMG Radio here in Tulsa talks about his mother up in Pennsylvania who uh, had been on opiates. They quit working. They eventually your body adjusts to it and gets numb to it. Uh, she's now using uh, CBD oil with THC, just a little a drop or so, and she gets six hours sleep at night. So, uh, yeah, I'm a proponent. I'm a proponent of a sensible and sane use of cannabis medicines in these areas, not to mention the kids with severe birth defects and uh, developmental disabilities having constant seizures who are now getting help and getting over it. So these are some good things coming up. Uh, I'm not saying there aren't going to be problems. I expect there to be some problems, but there are already problems with their opiates that uh, have been overprescribed. So let's, uh, let's look forward to uh, the good that can come from this. Uh, let's talk about something else now. How are your kitchen cabinets? Are they falling apart? I know mine were. 
it's time for you to call the carpenter shop. Uh, the carpenter shop makes the finest custom cabinets in the Oklahoma City area. If you want something to be proud of, Dad, if Mom's frustrated with her kitchen, it could be your cabinets. How about giving her a gift certificate for the holidays? Let her go in, help her, let her help design the cabinets she wants for her kitchen. Call the carpenter shop in Oklahoma City. Let's, uh, let's get you some, uh, some cabinets. If mom is not happy, nobody's happy. All right, moving on. I want to welcome back Senator Joe Newhouse. Senator Newhouse uh, had just gotten elected, served in one session, and got called away by the federal government. He's an officer in the Navy. Senator Newhouse is distinguished uh, in his uh, military service, and he just spent a good year on uh, a special mission. There was not much he could say about it. Uh, when I saw him a few weeks ago, he talked to me about it. Uh, Senator Newhouse said he did lose some men. I think some of you heard last summer of uh, the, uh, the four, I believe it was four tragic deaths uh, happened in Niger uh, outside the, the village of Tongo Tongo. Joe's going to be speaking Tuesday night at the Tulsa Republican Assembly. Uh, I'd like to invite all of you to come on out. Listen to what Joe has to say. He'll say whatever he's authorized, whatever is declassified that he can share with us. It's important to know, yes, he was fighting ISIS. Yes, he was fighting uh, some jihad extremists. Uh, that movement has been spreading into North Africa. Joe has spent as part of a special mission as an officer to help fight that. So uh, come on out. It's we're going to meet uh, 6 p.m. for dinner down at Golden Corral in Southeast Tulsa. The program starts at 7. Come early to eat, Dutch treat. Uh, the program runs from 7 to 8. Uh, be sure to hear what uh, Senator Joe Newhouse has to say. So, let's talk about, oh, I didn't talk about chairmanship. A lot of the uh, <clears throat> legislature is new now. In fact, just about half of the House is new, getting close to 50. Uh, let's see, I think we just elected 12 of the 24 seats that were up for re-election the Senate went to new people. That's 12 out of 48. We do have a lot of returning chairmen in the Senate. Uh, I just uh, found out Nathan Dom is retaining his chairmanship. Senator Stanislavski is going to be the education chair again. Uh, we've got, uh, I believe Rob Standrich is going to be the Health and Human Services Committee Chair. Uh, that's, that's new for him. He's been the Vice Chair of it. Over in the House side, I expect a lot of changes there, but uh, I think there are the, the returning incumbents, if they were chair, they probably are still going to be a chair. So uh, find out who they are. Get engaged in the process. Read the bills next month as they get posted online. And in February, may take a trip down to the Capitol. Talk to some of the authors of bills that, uh, that you like and see what you can do to support them. See what you can do to help them get support of their colleagues. And if there's a bill you don't like, find a way 
to respectfully talk to those authors, to those sponsors, and see if you can't give them a better solution. But let's do it respectfully. Stay engaged. All right, we're moving on. Uh, let's see, what else have we got on the deal? Oh, Johnny Tadlock has joined the Republican Party. Let's all, next time you see Johnny, tell him welcome to the GOP. Johnny is uh, one of the few Democrats who won in his re-election in the legislature. The Democrats pretty much had as their Alamo, their, uh, <laughs> their hardcore, uh, <laughs> you might call it a tactical uh, uh, retreat was Little Dixie. Johnny is from the farthest south and east of Little Dixie, southeastern Oklahoma. What's gone on here is the Democrat Party is no longer representing hardly any of rural Oklahoma. Just a few weeks ago, we had Steve Copeland from Okmulgee, Okfusky County. He was the Democrat leader in the House. He was defeated. Uh, Donnie Condit, fine, fine representative from the McAllister area. In fact, he was even given the co-chairmanship of the Ethics and Elections uh, uh, House Committee by the Republicans. They let him be a vice chair. Donnie was defeated by a Republican. Let's see, I think it's, uh, is it Ben Loring up in the Miami area? Barely one. He's about all that's left, along with uh, David Perryman from Chickasha. I think that's about the only two Democrats left from rural Oklahoma. Democrat Party is becoming much more urban, much more socialist. And you'll find that it's a much younger Democrat Party today. Uh, I talked to some of my Democrat friends. I said, you know, what's happening here? And this leader in the Republican and the Democrat Party said, it's the Bernie Sanders people. Uh, the Democrat message of socialism is about the only thing right now that's keeping the Democrats going in the heartland. Yes, they're extreme. Yes, they're passionate. They've got a lot of energy. They're very dedicated. Much like we saw the Ron Paul campaign 2012. Not, not big numbers, but very, very energetic, very committed to it. So let's get ready for a new Democrat Party. A new Democrat Party that's going to probably not uh, represent much of the mainstream of Oklahoma anymore. But they're going to be loud, they're going to be forceful, and they are going to be uh, a part of the process. All right, <clears throat> let's go on. Kevin Spitz's agenda. I don't know. I just don't know. I, If he is everything that you know, his campaign says, this is going to be good. This is going to be an improvement. But we don't have any 
background to look at, we have Kevin Stitt's word. And I hope that Kevin can be effective for the conservative movement. And uh, I intend to do what I can to help him. And I would say it would be wise of all of us to make sure Kevin knows he has support of the conservative base when he has a conservative agenda and needs encouragement to push forward on it. So, that's about it. Uh, redistricting is uh, something I wrote about. I really recommend you go to SoonerPolitics.org. Go to the editorial page. Now, this is way, way ahead of, what, uh, of when such a bill would be written. But what's going to happen here is at the end of this two-year term, they're going to go back for elections. At the same time, we will have just completed our census for 2020. As soon as we go through elections again, the new legislature is going to come in and they're going to redraw the lines for all the districts. I've added some bold ideas that I think the legislature needs to look at. Instead of having, for instance, my senator, his Senate district overlaps seven House districts. Seven. That means his constituents could be being served by any one of seven of his colleagues in the other chamber. I think what we need to do is something sensible. If we're going to have 48 senators, I think we need to have double that in the House. I think the smart thing would be to round it up to 50 senators and 100 members of the House. Right now we're at 48 and 101. But I think what we need to do is take every Senate district, the newly designed Senate districts, which all should be the same population, so that we have equal protection, equal representation. And they simply need to divide each one of those Senate houses into two House seats as well. So we're going to have Senate District 35 and House District 35A and 35B. That will be a simpler way for our legislatures to work together to be serving the same group of constituents. You'll have three people representing you are, well actually you'll have two, but your senator will have two colleagues uh, covering the same constituents with him or her. Uh, I think it's worth looking at. I hope our leadership looks at it. I hope we take some time to study it. I also recommend that we give a good hard look at finally obeying our own constitution. Our constitution actually mandates that the legislature pass a resolution every 20 years. They have to do it. It's, it's not if they want to. They have to put the question before the people every 20 years at a general election. Do you want to convene a new constitutional convention? Now, let me say about our current constitution. We almost did not become a state when we did because when President Theodore Roosevelt saw the Constitution that Alfalfa Bill Murray presided over the writing of. He said, this thing is twice as long as the Bible and twice as hard to understand. Our Constitution has been amended 
over 156 times. And uh, it's a mess. I'm not talking about our U.S. Constitution. I'm not talking about what was passed in Philadelphia. Okay? I'm talking about the Oklahoma State Constitution. Now, there's very little said as to how the delegates will be chosen. I recommend to our legislature take a look at what then-Senator Kyle Loveless wrote. It's probably the most fleshed-out, reasonable system for selecting delegates. And I highly recommend that our legislature respect the Constitution, respect their oath of office, and respect the people of Oklahoma by giving us the opportunity to say whether or not we want to allow for a constitutional convention to convene. That doesn't mean anything's going to change because anything that comes out of that constitutional convention will be brought back before a vote of the people. And if we don't like it, we turn it down and we maintain the same constitution. If the legislature puts the question before the, a vote of the people, uh, should we have a convention? We could also vote. Nah, let's skip it. We'll keep going. We'll make this work. So, I really recommend that our legislature look at those two things and see if we can't actually follow what we're supposed to. We have not put this vote before the people since the 1970s. We were supposed to put it before the people again in the early 90s, and we haven't. In fact, you know what the legislature did do was put it before the vote of the people to say, you want to make it so that we don't have to keep asking you? And the people said, no. Every 20 years, we want this option. Now it's time for our legislature to actually follow their oath of office. I especially ask you to go to the House and Senate leadership and ask them, why aren't you putting this to a vote on the floor for the people? It's a simple resolution. It doesn't require a signature from the governor. It's a simple resolution. It directs the Secretary of State and the Election Board to put it before a vote of the people. All right? Uh, I'm David Van. I appreciate you being with me tonight, and I want to thank you for all you're doing to help support better communication amongst the conservatives in Oklahoma. Until next week, thank you and good night.